Gamecock Nation, the week that you've all been waiting for has finally arrived. We have finally reached a week where the Gamecocks will indeed be taking the football field this coming Saturday to start the 2022 football season. Locked on Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And as I mentioned in the cold open, Gamecock fans, we have finally made it after eight long arduous months of wishing and praying to a certain extent for football season to come back. Gamecock fans, we can finally say that the South Carolina Gamecocks are going to be taking the field this upcoming Saturday to face an opponent and to kick off the 2022 football season against Georgia State. On today's show, I'm going to be providing some background information on the Georgia State Panthers in the first segment, talking about some of the things that they did last year. What's the makeup of their coaching staff look like? And who are some players that we need to watch out for from this Georgia State Panthers team? I'm also going to discuss some recruiting updates that all of you fans, I think, are really going to be happy to hear. Some things regarding four-star edge defender Desmond Yumio Zulu and where he is potentially leaning, leading up to his commitment. And also, Nicholas Harper did something in his high school football game this past Friday night that had Gamecock fans buzzing on social media. What was it that he did? I'll be touching that in segment two of today's show. And then to finish off the show, I'll give my quick thoughts on some comments from Coach Shane Beamer from his Carolina Call show that happened this past Thursday. So that is going to be the roadmap for today's show. So let's start off with an initial look at the Georgia State Panthers, South Carolina's week one opponent to start off the 2022 football season. This game is, of course, taking place on Saturday night at either 7 or 7.30 Eastern Daylight Time, and it is going to be under the lights in Williams-Brice Stadium. But this is a Georgia State Panther team that, as I've mentioned multiple times up to this point, is someone that the Gamecocks cannot afford to overlook. They did finish with an 8-5 overall record in 2021, which included a 6-2 record in Sunbelt Conference play. They had one notable win from last year against Coastal Carolina on the road, which was a pretty big win for Georgia State considering that the Chanticleers finished the season 11-2. The main takeaway that I want y'all to have with this 8-5 record is, yes, on the face of it, it might not sound that impressive to y'all, but I want you to not let those five losses fool you for the Georgia State Panthers. They had a really tough out-of-conference slate this past season, which included playing Army in their first game of the season. You talk about having to prepare for a real tough scheme in the triple option right there. They had to play the North Carolina Tar Heels, who obviously are just leaps and bounds better than Georgia State in terms of talent. And then they had to face Auburn on the road early in the season as well. And they also did play the Tar Heels on the road. Forgot to mention that earlier, but they lost those three games by a combined score of 136 to 51. Their other two losses came against App State and Louisiana, both from the Sunbelt Conference, and both those teams had double-digit win seasons. So it's not like Georgia State lost to a bunch of slouches, is my whole point with this. They lost to some really good football teams. 
basically, they defeated everyone that they were supposed to defeat. But besides the Coastal Carolina game, they just, more often than not, could not really compete against the more talented teams that were on their schedule. However, Georgia State has a lot of reason for optimism heading into the 2022 season. They bring a lot of their production back from 2021, 78% to be exact, according to ESPN's Bill Connolly. That's the third highest mark in the Sun Belt Conference. All three of their top rushers from 2021, Tucker Gregg, Jemias Williams, a former Gamecock defensive back, and Darren Granger, combined for 2,615 rushing yards and 21 touchdowns in 2021. That is not something that Gamecock fans are going to like to hear, especially considering the fact that our rush defense did struggle in 2021. And it seems like Georgia State's got a real solid rushing attack of their own that they're bringing back. Speaking of quarterback Darren Granger, this is his second year as the starter for the Georgia State Panthers. He completed 59.6% of his passes for 1,715 yards, 19 touchdowns, and four interceptions in 2021. So obviously, not the highest of marks, but it seems like he was at least an efficient game manager just looking at the stat line that he had. And the Panthers also return a lot of production on defense. Eight of their top nine tacklers are returning for this season, including Will Linebacker Blake Carroll and strong safety Antavius Lane, who were second and first team all Sunbelt performers, respectively, in 2021. The point being, this may be a group of five team, but they have got some real solid players on this roster. Players that could easily probably be playing Power 5 football. Now, Let's move on from the roster makeup and look at the coaching staff real quick. Head coach Sean Elliott, of course, was an assistant coach at South Carolina from 2010 to 2016, including a stint as the interim head coach in 2015 after, of course, Steve Spurrier had abruptly retired halfway through the season. So Sean Elliott, of course, has a lot of familiarity with South Carolina as a program, how this home environment is in Williams-Brice Stadium. He's going to understand what he's getting himself into heading into Williams-Brice this coming Saturday. And he's had a lot of success with Georgia State. He took over a program who, in its first four seasons as a football program, never won more than six games. He's won seven games or more in three of his first five seasons with the Georgia State Panthers. He's also made it to four bowl games and won three of them. And he's had three straight winning seasons. That's the first time that's happened in Georgia State's football program history. So, Sean Elliott has really done a great job of bringing stability to Georgia State and making them a really solid group of five team to play for. And he's also got a couple coordinators who have a lot of experience under Sean Elliott. Offensive coordinator Trent McKnight is going to his first season as the offensive coordinator, but he's been with Sean Elliott since he started his tenure at Georgia State. And the same goes for Nate Fuqua, who has been in that role since Sean Elliott arrived at Georgia State. So the point is, the top coaches on this coaching staff, there's a lot of continuity there. It's not like Sean Elliott just went out there and had to bring in a whole new offensive coaching staff or defensive coaching staff. He may lose an assistant here or there, but his top guys, his offensive and defensive coordinator, they know how Sean Elliott likes to coach. They know what he wants the game to look like. They know how he sort of wants to look philosophically and schematically. So in my opinion, that is something that shouldn't go unnoticed from South Carolina fans. This is a Georgia State team that, again, 
they have a lot of guys both on the roster and the coaching staff that are very familiar with one another. And it's not like there's been a bunch of upheaval for one reason or another. So this, in my opinion, is going to be a really tough matchup. And with some of my future shows later on during this week, I will probably be going over some more in-depth breakdowns of this Georgia State football team what their schemes look like on offense and defense, sort of how they want to run the game on either side of the ball. I'll be doing all that on some of my other shows later in the week. But of course, I've got a lot of other things to talk about on today's show. I've got some recruiting updates for y'all regarding Desmond Yumeo Zulu and some buzz that was created by five-star athlete Nicholas Harper this past Friday. And of course, I'll be going over some of my takeaways from Coach Beamer's Carolina Calls radio hit that he did this past Thursday. But before I get into all that, I do need to pass along a quick message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst thing that can happen anyways? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Well, you would be wrong about that because the truth is your reaction times slow down considerably when you're high. You're not only putting yourself in danger, but everyone around you as well. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, you'll get a DUI. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast where we cover Gamecock sports every single day. All right, let's move on to segment two of today's show, discussing some recent recruiting updates and things of interest regarding five-star athlete Nicholas Harbour. But let's start off with four-star edge defender Desmond Yumeo Zulu. Now, as of this moment, Desmond Yumeo Zulu is supposed to announce his commitment Today, as finalists for this commitment announcement are Pittsburgh, Ohio State, North Carolina, and South Carolina. So you may be sitting there and wondering, what's the latest on Desmond Yumeo Zulu? Well, based on the recent predictions of national experts like 24-7 Sports, Steve Wiltfong, and Brian Don, and others from On3, as their recruiting prediction machine gives South Carolina a 90.5% chance, Desmond Yumeo Zulu seems like he will be a Gamecock based on all these national experts' predictions. Now, he was an Ohio State lead for many months now, but it does seem like that some things went down behind the scenes here. There were rumblings of a poorly planned recruiting weekend for the Buckeyes, supposed to be like this massive barbecue event. And from the little bit I heard, it went so bad to a point where some of the prospects that actually went to this recruiting event ended up staying in their rooms pretty much the entire time. Apparently just was horribly executed. Again, that's really all I know from what happened there. That could have maybe played a role in Desmond Yumeo Zulu's recruitment if he was supposed to be there for that weekend. But Yumeo Zulu also posted a cryptic tweet a while back regarding being genuine in the recruiting process. And if you're watching this on YouTube, here's the tweet right here where Desmond Yumeo Zulu said, The worst thing you can do to recruit is sell lies to them. Being genuine and keeping it 100 speaks measures. Basically, keeping it real 100% of the time. And while the thought around the industry seems to lean towards South Carolina, crazier things have happened in recruiting. And again, Ohio State is a perennial program in the sport of college football. 
And I will, of course, get more into what he brings to the field and how he could affect South Carolina's recruiting class in quite the positive way if he does indeed end up committing to the Gamecocks. So that is the latest on Desmond Yumeo Zulu's recruitment. Now, what's going on with five-star athlete Nicholas Harper? Well, in Harper's first game of his senior season for Archbishop Carroll School in Washington, D.C., there was a moment where he seemed to be walking back to the sidelines during this game. And because of some solid video work by Tommy Gemini, I believe is how you pronounce that name, which you can find on Instagram, by the way, Gamecock fans have another small yet exciting reason to believe that the Gamecocks are firmly in the game here. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm about to show you a photo of what exactly I am talking about. And for those of you listening on audio podcasts, I'll describe it to you as well as I can. So here is the photo that I'm talking about of this video. It's a still shot that I took from my MacBook. And this post on Twitter was courtesy of Famously Garnet Sports. If you look closely at Nicholas Harbour's gloves, you can clearly make out South Carolina's logo being split on both of them, with it being the Block C and, of course, the Fighting Gamecock in the middle of it. Now, I do want to emphasize something regarding this still image that I just showed you. This doesn't mean, of course, that South Carolina is the leader or that they're going to land Nicholas Harbour. I'm definitely not saying that by any means whatsoever. But this does mean that the Gamecocks clearly are sticking out to Nicholas Harbour and that there's legitimate interest here. And I want y'all to hear me out on this real quick because the thing I want y'all to understand is that there are levels to this in terms of a prospect's interest in a football program. And I broke it down into three main levels. Level one is pretty much if a prospect posts something on Twitter or on social media in general about an offer from your program and they don't really do anything else after that, maybe they stay in contact with the coaches behind the scenes, but nothing really comes of the offer, then it pretty much means the prospect appreciates the interest, but the interest is not mutual here. Now, level two for a football prospects interest with a football program would be if a prospect is willing to take a visit to your program. That clearly means that they're intrigued enough by what you have that they want to get to know the program better on a higher level than they would otherwise. And level three, which is the highest level I have here, probably below a commitment officially, is if a prospect wants to take multiple unofficial visits and or an official visit to your program, your team is heavily in the game at that point for that prospect and more than likely will at least be a finalist when they decide to eventually commit. Now, if I had to put, you know, wearing game cop gloves in your high school football game on this level system here regarding Nicholas Harbour and his interest in South Carolina, I'd probably put it somewhere as like a two and a half out of three with these three levels that I just mentioned. But my final point here with all this social media buzz that was created around this video this past Friday is Harbour donning some Gamecock gloves at his high school football game isn't the end-all be-all. This doesn't mean, of course, again, that he's committing to South Carolina. It doesn't mean that South Carolina is the leader for Nicholas Harbour. But it doesn't automatically mean that it means nothing either. It means something here. And in this case... That something is that Nicholas Harper has more than legitimate interest in South Carolina. When a prospect of his caliber is willing to go out in a high school football game and don some attire like Gamecock gloves, 
in that game, knowing good and well that some people are probably going to capture that and put that on social media. That means that he is pretty interested in your program. It, again, doesn't mean that South Carolina is the leader. It doesn't mean that they're going to land his commitment. Obviously, that does not mean that. But again, you have to put yourself sort of in the mind of a 16, 17, 18-year-old athletic phenom like Nicholas Harbor. This, in a way, should be a message to some of his other contenders like Michigan, like LSU. I think Miami has been mentioned here a little bit as well, and I may be missing one or two other programs. But this should send a message to those programs that South Carolina is not going away here. They're not going to just let Nicholas Harper go to one of these other schools at the minimum without a fight. They are pushing real hard here. It's very clear that whatever messages they have been delivering to Nicholas Harper have been ones that Harper has really liked. And again, it's all led up to this point where he has now been caught wearing Gamecock gloves at a high school football game. But more importantly, of course, as has been talked about before, he is visiting the Gamecocks officially for their home game against the Georgia Bulldogs on, I believe, September the 17th. So the point here, again, is this. It doesn't mean everything, but it also doesn't mean that this is nothing. This is definitely something, and if anything, it's something to really get the fan base riled up and excited about. Because again, a prospect like Nicholas Harbour, who has all these athletic gifts that he possesses, someone like him coming to this football program... It could be a game changer because you have someone with this much notoriety in both the sports of football and track and field going to South Carolina. Normally, people will at least give South Carolina a closer look, and in some cases, some prospects will even follow his lead. That's why this recruitment could be such a big deal for the Gamecocks heading into this football season. Welcome back to the final segment of this Monday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover the South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, so to end the show, I want to give some of my quick thoughts and takeaways from some of the comments that Coach Shane Bieber made on the Carolina Calls radio hit he did this past Thursday with play-by-play announcer Todd Ellis. Now, He made a comment on the injury front, and with injuries, Coach Beamer said that at this point, he expects everyone to be good to go for Game 1 versus Georgia State if needed, including punter Kai Kroger and running back Christian Bill Smith, who obviously have both been held out of practice for the most part for the last couple of weeks now. And he also did mention, though, that one guy whose status is the most questionable for the Georgia State game is wide receiver Corey Rucker, who has been out for multiple weeks now. Now, regarding this new injury update from Coach Beamer, obviously, this is a very good sign for the most part for South Carolina fans. Obviously, it would stink for South Carolina if wide receiver Corey Rucker was not able to go against Georgia State. This wide receiver group, as I will talk about again in just a few moments, has gotten so much deeper from what they have brought in in this transfer portal hall, some of the high school recruits that they have gotten, and of course, the added experience from the returning guys who are coming back from the 2021 season. Corey Rucker was a guy who was expected to push heavily for some snaps in this receiver rotation. So obviously, losing him would be a bit of a bummer for the Gamecocks. Is it an end-all, be-all type of injury, at least as of right now? 
No, not necessarily. Again, not saying that that doesn't mean that this injury isn't important. Obviously, we hope that Corey Rucker gets back to 100% as quickly as possible and that his recovery process is going smoothly. But my bottom line is this. There are certain positions where you have enough depth to where if one guy goes down, gets dinged up, then it's not as much of a blow. But at another position on the team, you know, maybe safety, if one or two guys were to go down, you'd be sitting there going, oh, no, we are now in some trouble here. That's my point with this. And Corey Rucker, while yes, it stinks that he would maybe be out, it's not an end-all, be-all type of injury for this receiver rotation. Kai Kroger, great news to hear that he could be dressing out for the Georgia State game. Same deal with Christian Bill Smith. I take Shane Bieber's comments to mean that he is serious, that they could be out there with the team. But in my opinion, at this point for both these guys, it would probably be for extreme emergency situations. Basically, if all the other guys happen to just go down with injuries, the running back room is just decimated. We somehow have another punter or two go down with an injury in the game. Then at that point, sure, maybe Kai Kroger, Christian Bill Smith goes out there and takes a few snaps at those specific spots. Or maybe if we're not getting enough out of the running back rotation, which, of course, with how much South Carolina's added to that rotation and what they're bringing back from last year would be quite disappointing to see. But, again, it sounds like that these guys are at least going to be dressed out and, again, more than likely be emergency options if they require their services. Now, moving on to some of Shane Beamer's comments that he made regarding position rotations and some of the position battles that have taken place in fall camp. With the nickelback spot, Cam Smith right now is the top nickelback on this team, according to Coach Beamer, and David Spaulding would be the second guy at that spot. So it sounds like that they're leaning more towards having Marcel Style pretty much stay at an outside corner spot. He has been apparently rotating in with Cam Smith, getting some snaps at nickelback. That's probably, again, just cross-training out of necessity, just in case a guy or two goes down with some injuries, just to be on the safe side, which is a very smart idea by this coaching staff, but... I think that obviously this is the best move for the secondary position group. Cam Smith has done really well at Nickelback from what I have been hearing since spring practice. And Nickelback is a very important spot in especially this kind of defensive scheme, the 4-2-5, which is South Carolina's base defensive scheme. Nickelbacks have got to be able to do a little bit of everything. They've got to be good in coverage. They've got to be able to handle guys that are really superb route runners. They've got to be guys that can go up and make tackles in the box in rush defense. Cam Smith, in my opinion, is a guy that can do all of those things. So I think that that's a very smart move by this coaching staff. Moving on to the receiver rotation. The depth and competition apparently is still looking good here and Coach Shane Beamer did mention specifically that Amarian Brown and Xavier Leggett have gotten better and that the newcomers have done a good job of pushing them. And while I don't want to read too much into this comment that he made here, that kind of tells me that with the receiver rotation at this point, it sounds like that they're probably going to lean more towards the guys who have been a part of this team for at least a season or two in this system, which again, isn't maybe the biggest shock. Normally, a lot of coaching staffs are going to rely on those guys who have been around the block once or twice in their scheme or in this program before they go to guys that maybe have not been here as long as them. I've even said in a comment to someone's question on one of my videos, they asked me, you know, who do I think 
are going to be the starting three wide receivers. And as of right now, I would probably say Josh Van at one spot, Antoine Wells Jr. at the spot opposite him on the other side of the field, and then the slot, I probably would say Amarian Brown. It sounds like that Amarian Brown has really taken a massive step forward, and of course, he's now in his second year in this offense. I think that that's part of the reason why he maybe didn't produce as much as fans expected him to this last year. I think that he's now wiped that clean, and all that's behind him. The bowl game has given him a lot of confidence, where I think he had four catches for 61 receiving yards. I think Amari Brown, it sounds like, is ready to take a hold of that spot, at least for game one in 2022. The tight end room, Coach Beamer said he's excited about that room, and he also said all four guys are going to play a lot, which again, shouldn't probably be a surprise for those of you who really follow this program closely, but it's a really good sign, in my opinion, because that means that they're going to have some specific packages for maybe Austin Stogner and Jaheim Bell to be out there at the same time, or Travion Keenan and Nate Atkins to be out there at the same time in the running game, which I think, again, would obviously be very smart considering all the varying skill sets that these guys bring to the table. The kicker position battle is apparently still ongoing between Mitch Jeter and Alex Herrera, and according to Coach Beamer, it is neck and neck right now. Apparently, kicker Alex Herrera has really made a massive push here in fall camp. He has done a great job in some of their high-pressure situation drills where he's had to make some kicks under a lot of noise, maybe from some longer distances, to a point where this, this position battle is not finalized yet. And I have to admit myself, I chalk this up to be Mitch Jeter's spot to lose, but it sounds like that this could go all the way into the season. Maybe they could see some split snaps in some of these first couple of games, which admittedly I would hope wouldn't be the case because we really need to figure out one guy who we can send out there, especially before this Arkansas game, which is going to be a huge game for multiple reasons for South Carolina. But that's the latest on the kicker position battle. And the last thing I'm going to talk about real quick, the punter position. Alex Herrera and William Joyce are apparently both splitting snaps right now at punter while Kai Kroger is still out dealing with this foot injury. They both apparently have done a decent job according to Coach Beamer. And again, more than likely one of these two guys is probably going to be the man back there at punter in this first game against Georgia State. I know that he said apparently that Kai Kroger will probably be out there for game one. But again, I kind of take that as an emergency type scenario where if Alex Herrera and William Joyce are both not getting the job done out there, then we would see Kai Kroger go. But I think that at least for this first game, it's going to be important for fans to keep an eye out on that punter position. A lot of really interesting variables that are taking place right now with the special teams unit. So be sure to keep an eye on all of that heading into game one against Georgia State. But that's all I really had from the Carolina Calls show that Shane Beamer had this past Thursday night. And that does it for today's show, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. So what are y'all's thoughts on Georgia State, at least initially? How do you look at them as a team? Do you think maybe there's something that I didn't mention specifically on today's show for maybe some background information that we need to keep note of, that is something that could potentially be a factor to watch going into this first game. What about Desmond Yumeozulu and Nicholas Harper? How do you all feel about both of these recruiting battles that are taking place? Again, Desmond Yumeozulu is expected to announce his commitment today. If he selects the Gamecocks, how big of a get would it be for this 2023 recruiting class. What did y'all think about Nicholas Harbour wearing the Gamecock gloves at his first high school football game of his senior campaign? And then lastly, what are your thoughts on what Coach Shane Beamer said this past Thursday on his Carolina Calls radio hit regarding the injury report? Whether or not Corey Rucker could end up being there for game one. Do you think Kai Kroger and Christian Bill Smith could actually be 100% ready to go for game one? You think maybe they could be playing more than I believe. How do y'all feel about these position rotations and battles that are still ongoing? 
I do want to hear all of y'all's thoughts, as always, down below in the comment section if you're watching this on YouTube. But of course, if you're listening to today's show on an audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcast daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a lion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And also, if you've enjoyed the Locked On Gamecocks podcast and you want to get more news on the entire SEC conference, then make Locked On SEC your second listen every day, where host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked On take you across the entire SEC in just 30 minutes. So again, make Locked On SEC your second listen after, of course, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that's going to do it for me on today's show. Hope that y'all have a great start to the work week and a fantastic Monday. Game week is finally here. I'll catch y'all in the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.